It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello and welcome back to the Villa View. It's time for the pod and we definitely need to change that name because I'm still not on board with it at all, <laughs> not having it at all. Joined by Omar for this week's pod, Dolan sends his apologies, cannot make this week, all falling apart actually because the producer, Adam, can't make it tonight either. So we have got John Inslee, aka AVFC Kick Geek behind the scenes. So absolutely anything could happen on this show tonight. Watch out for decoy intros and outros because John Inslee is at the wheel. This show is brought to you by Luke Roper. If you use the code TVV20, you'll get 20% off most things on the Luke Roper shop. Come on then, Omar, let's get it over and done with the Watford chat. I'm trying Mm -hmm. to erase it from my memory, but it's still lurking around in there and we've got to cover it. Neil and myself did a post-match pint, but I'm interested to get your thoughts. And to be being honest, I was at the game, but I might as well have not been there at certain points because I did have a bit too much to drink. Well, uh, I, well, I didn't have too much to drink because I don't drink, so that's no. the first thing. I also watched the game back again with fresh eyes just to try and take a different perspective. Because you know, when you watch the game live, obviously you get you get emotional a, a little bit, and and you sort of yeah. uh, not always thinking with a clear head in terms of what's going on. Um, but fair to say the first half was diabolical. It just didn't work and, and basically cost us the game. I thought second half we were much better, um, especially the first sort of 10, 15 minutes, especially with Ramsey. I thought Ramsey added an energy to our team, uh, a, a drive to our team, trying to make things happen. And it just linked up. It sort of became that link player between midfield and the wingers and, and the Ford and, and Danny Ings as well. And, and just, you know, basically alleviated the problems in the first half. But then we sort of didn't score. We had a few opportunities where, you know, good and better and it didn't, didn't quite manage to, to do anything. And then obviously sucker blow out of nowhere 
um, from Watford with that with that cracking goal. People love scoring worldies against us, don't they? And then and then sort of you know it did knock us a bit. And then we saw the last five ten minutes we went again. But I didn't think we were that bad second half. But I, I, for the, for me the biggest problem was um, and it's not necessarily a midfield issue. I've seen a lot of people saying it's just a midfield issue. I think it was the combination of Dino starting lineup and combination of the players itself and maybe the preseason hindering us a little bit. You know the Let's face it, Ashley Young and our guys on the wings is probably our third choice wing partnership, probably, thinking about it. Um, And and it showed, really, in that front four, you know, they were playing playing as a front four. Uh, Brundia was quite high up, a bit like what Barkley was like last year, but they just didn't press with any sort of intensity. And what ended up happening was, because our defence was quite deep, um, obviously to combat the pace of Saar, Seema and Dennis, I mean, there was a massive gap between the forward players and, and, and the defence. And the midfield had this massive area to cover. And you saw that with the first goal where the ball comes across. We don't really close it down. The, the front four players aren't really doing much. And it ends up in a situation where McGinn has to come across and try and cover Target. Target has obviously had a terrible first half and, and got rightly got uh, subbed off. But it was just these massive gaps and, and Watford just exploited it and our defence was deep and there was massive gaps between defence and midfield and Cameron McGinn couldn't you know, couldn't work back. And and yes, I mean, I'm not 100% sold on the Cameron McGinn as a two, although I think it work, can work in certain games as well with Chelsea and Spurs last year. You know, let's not forget we, we won those both won both those games with those two midfield, so it's not like it doesn't work at all. But I just think the tactics were wrong and then the players just weren't at the races. Target really has in the pre-season that's shown the front four haven't worked together um, and they're not you know, actually as much as I love Ashley Young on the left wing and it, you know, a bit nostalgia and it felt good seeing him there. He's not a left winger anymore. Our guys in the right wing, again, you know, we, we can see it as fans, you know, as soon as you saw our guys in the right wing, we're like, oh, this isn't going to end well. Um, he likes to cut in. He likes to take shots or crosses from cutting from that cutting in position on the left and, and on the right, he just sort of lose that. And he's not, neither him or Young are excellent at retaining the ball, which is obviously a big, uh, big factor this year that the the team, the coaching team, are trying to improve with the addition of the wingers, and then obviously you saw the improvement with with Traore and and Bailey, who, and you know we, you've talked about you and Neil talked about Bailey and how impressive he was in Traore as well, and you, and you saw the difference it made um, in, in that second half. But yeah, I mean the first half cost us um, at the end of the day, and I saw Troy Deeney on Talksport talking about it, and he said he was really disappointed in Villa. He, he said he went to see uh, us play. But he wasn't too disappointed. No, he wasn't. No, but I mean, he, he was speaking quite frankly, I thought, which was quite fair of him. He said he went to see Villa a pre-season friendly against Walsall, which surprised me. Obviously, he was, must be a closet Villa fan going to pre-season friendlies. Um, but he said he was quite impressed. But he said you know, the lack of Ollie Watkins, he thought, was the main reason why. Massive. Because Danny Ings, he's not. He's, he's a, he's a link-up player. You know, he, he likes to drop deep and link up with the striker, or link up with the wide players and sort of create little opportunities for himself to shoot. And, and he was just chasing shadows all game. And he's not that type of player to, to sort of lead the line. Uh, and I think it cost us that sort of starting lineup. I think uh, in, in hindsight, in hindsight is a wonderful thing. If we'd seen maybe Bundia on the right and maybe another midfielder in there, um, someone like Ramsey or, you know, whoever then we may have seen a different team. But it's difficult with Dino because Bailey has just come in. Troy hasn't been fit. Um, you know, he, again, he's had not many games. So it wasn't like there was a massive amount of choices available to him. So it's one of those, you, you, you sort of, it's one of those games, new, newly promoted team, fans up for it. It's always going to be difficult. Yeah, it's a bit annoying because we definitely were undercooked. I mean, Greg told me on the 1874 podcast today, he said what would have been back in pre-season since the 25th of June with the majority of their squad there. So, you know, they're fit. 
they're ready for that game. Although they did have an awful pre-season by all accounts. They saved, they saved their performance for, for the real thing against Villa. You know, we've got players there who started that have played one pre-season game. We're bringing people on who haven't played a game at all. It's it's really, really difficult. I don't think the team selection helped. Like you said, as soon as I saw our guys in the right wing, I was like, mm, not sure about that. I think I can think of one game off the top of my head against West Brom where I think he was playing from the right, where he had a, a really, really good game. But in the Premier League, certainly, I think his best games yeah. have been on the left. Ashley Young hasn't played left wing for maybe four or five years. You know, he, he is a full-back now, so playing him on the wing, you would have thought might have helped us against Saar, but for some reason it, it just didn't at all and he absolutely destroyed us down that side. Target seems to be a player that takes a, takes a while to, to get fit. I think he, he had that in his first season, didn't he, where he, mm. he took a while to get up to speed and I think last season the gap obviously wasn't so big between the end of the previous season and the new season. He was kind of ready. Mm. Didn't feel like he, he was ready at all. I mean, it's not his fault. He gets picked if, if, if he's not fully fit. You know, he, he's out there and he's on, on a hiding to nothing against someone like Ismail Asar because he, he did give him a really torrid time. It was People are saying the midfield is the problem. And I, the central midfield, and I look back at it now and think, I'm not sure that is right because, like you said, I saw those two central midfielders and a, and a very similar back four against Chelsea at Villa Park on the last game of the season. And they were brilliant defensively. Mm. Absolutely brilliant, but it was shambolic against Watford. Memories of the last time we were at Vicarage Road and three and three nil down. You know, okay, we we pulled two back this time, but it wasn't dissimilar to that yeah. rotten performance around Christmas time at Watford of the season. We, we nearly went down. So there's some worrying things in there. Some encouragement towards towards the end, although I think Watford are kind of shut up shop a little bit and getting a penalty at the end of the game, it does make it look a bit closer yeah. than it was. But I, I'm, I'm still confident that Watford are going to be a team that's probably going to go down. And, we, and we've lost to them. You know, Norwich lost to Liverpool, perhaps being undercooked. But having a team like Liverpool, when you're not fully fit, you know, you're probably going to lose that game anyway. So you don't feel like you've lost anything. I think Daniel Farker said something along those lines. We've lost a game there where I think that's a game we want to be taking three points from. That's a game where we need to yeah. take some if we if we're to have a good season. So from, from that perspective, it's a little bit annoying. Yeah, it really is. I mean, um, we, we saw it last season in the games against Burnley, Sheffield United, Newcastle stick out as, as a few examples of where we where we didn't do uh, as well as we should have done. And I think, you know, that you're right there with the Chelsea comparison. Um, I do think um, with these two, Nakamba and McGinn, I think one of the problems was when we had the ball, obviously we had sort of 60-odd percent possession. Number of passes was really high. We just, you know, they're not, Kind of, yeah, it won't go anywhere. And I think that's where, you know, we'll be playing against Chelsea and Tottenham where we're trying to counter uh, and we're trying to break, they're trying to break up play and then spring from there. You know, they're good players to have. But I think when you're trying to dictate the play and you're trying to play those balls into in between the lines to Buendia or Ings, then obviously they're not the right type of players because neither McGinn or Nakamba possess the passing ability to do that. Um, and, you know, that's, I suppose, is, is one thing where we've struggled with the last couple of seasons is being able to break teams down when we have the ball. We've been very much a counter-attacking team. And that's where we won a lot of our games last season. So, again, you know, we've, we'll talk about Newcastle in a minute. Um, they're probably a similar kind of proposition for us in terms of, you know, we're probably going to have, again, a lot of the ball. And do we go with the same midfield pairing? Are we trying someone like Louise or Ramsey who are a bit more progressive with the ball? Yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be interesting. I mean... I'm, I'm talking a little bit like I've, I've lost heart. Obviously, it's, it's the first game, but you can't dress it up. It no. was bad. Dean Smith came out and said so himself. I'm sure by the time we get to the Newcastle preview, I'll be absolutely up there thinking that, 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 that we're going to win it 5 nil or something. But yeah, it was just it was just really dis- really disappointing, especially being back in the away end and having such such a, such a great day. Yeah, I mean, my record away from home is dismal. If I'm going to an away game, you may as well go home. 
it's utterly pointless. And if you pair me up with Dolan in the away end as well, then it really is Kearns. Because honestly, I don't think me and him. Why did you go? Why did you go? Why are you going? Oh, Don't these care. Things, these things you're, are there to be broken. You've got sacrifice for the good, for the greater good, mate. I won't be a, I won't be a barra. There you go. We, 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 I don't we, think we, anyone will, will they? <laughs> well, no, 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 tickets on sale at the moment. So, yeah, yeah you are. Know. Although the, everyone's been asking about them. Everyone, I can't believe Villa's support, away support is tremendous, isn't it? Like Everyone's like buzzing to go to Barrow. I'm like... 650 like, spaces. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's nowhere near enough. Ah, there's nothing Barrow can do. That's a small ground, but that's no. absolutely nowhere near enough. It's gonna, no. There's going to be some people probably who haven't, apart from obviously the enforced break, haven't missed away games that they've been able to go to for years yeah. and they simply won't be able to go because only 650-odd people can go. So that that will be a shame. Just, I'm trying to think, think back to that Watford game now and it just, what, just, just wasn't very good. Just what, I think, do you just write it off? No, I, I think, look, I, you know, we, we talked about it on, I think, the pod last week. Um, and, you know, we were, I think there was the, you know, we, we were all um, enthusiastic about the season and ambitious and optimistic. And we were thinking, you know, we can finish top eight, whatever. And I think long term, we, we've got that ability to do it. But yeah. let's let's not make the bones about it. You know, we've had a really disruptive pre-season. We've had Terry leave, we've had Richard Kelly leave a couple of seasons, a couple of days before. We've had Bundia injured, Trore injured. We've had uh, players coming in late. Louise has just come this week. Um, we've had obviously the saga with what's his name, uh, the man who will not be named, um, and then you know Bailey and Ings both coming in very late as well. Um, so yeah. we haven't really. I, I was expecting this to have a, a tetchy start, um, but. We're, I suppose we're lucky in some respects because we've got three winnable games. The first one, you know, we could maybe if a game went on another five, six minutes, we could have got something out of it, but it just wasn't good enough. And I think we obviously have to rectify that against Newcastle. And again, I, I think you know, we should expect it to be not as fluid as we, we hope it will be when the, when the top four, front four are firing and, and playing well together. You know, Bailey, Ings, Watkins and, and Buendia, I think probably be the, the front four, first choice front four. But... Give him some time, you know, let him play together, get used to it. It's always going to be one of those seasons of transition for us, I think, again. I, mean, I hate to say it because, obviously, we're trying to push for Europe, but it's I think the owners are... Here, is it? Yeah, I think the owners are realistic, though, in that they they want us to finish, I imagine, on a similar points tally to last season and, and maybe add a few more points. And if that gets us to top eight, which would have done in previous seasons, or top seven, then great. But I think definitely next year they want to get Europe. Um, and I think this season is always going to be difficult with, with, with Grealish leaving. So it will be an up and down season. And then I imagine we'll hit some form and we'll find our feet and then put a run of results together. That, that's my thinking anyway. Whether that happens in reality, we'll, we'll see. But I mean, what do, what do you think? Do you reckon Dina will come under a bit of pressure? I, I see a little bit on, on social media. Obviously, you can't judge everything on social media because it's a minority of fans. But do, you do see a little bit of not fans turning as such, but just grumbling a little bit, obviously, because we've had a bad Bad year, really, calendar year so far in terms of results. It hasn't been great since the turn of the year. I don't know. I agree with to get off to a really bad start. Then obviously it would come under a little bit of scrutiny. I think I was just thinking while you were talking that this could be could end up being the opposite of last season, where you have to a bit of a ropey start, but then you have a good second half of the, of the season. It'd be ironic if we finished around the same, same kind of points, but we start the season badly and end it well and see what the difference in, in feeling would be compared compared to last year. That's something I can certainly see happening. And you spoke about all the all the stuff over pre-season. I still think the biggest thing on Saturday was Ollie Watkins not playing. And I think that didn't help Danny Ings. Danny Ings has been playing in the front two for the last two, three years now at, at Southampton. To be playing on his own, it didn't feel like we really knew 
had to service him either. There were some strange like, balls fired into him high at certain points in the game, which I, I didn't really understand at all. We haven't had time to work on those things. I think if Watkins had been there, the lads are used to, to Watkins up top and what he brings and what he does. That would have enabled Ings to drop off a little bit. When Dea tried it, didn't really work. Nothing really fell for him at all yet. He had a bad game for his first game, but he's definitely undercooked himself. You know, if Watkins yeah. had been there, I do think it would be a different game. And if you just, you know, when you first, it was the first point of the game, we'd come under any pressure and we conceded. If, you know, it's a different game if you don't do that as well. But Watkins takes the pressure off because he makes the ball stick. He wins the ball high up the pitch. We just, we just didn't win the ball back. And when we did have it, it was too slow. Yeah, no, I agree. And you know, we've seen a lot of talk in, amongst Villa fans about whether we can play this 4-4-2 system that's been moved I think we can. Uh, I think yeah, I, I, I think so. I mean, well, I don't know because, you know, everyone's saying, oh, I've seen so much dismiss it. Out, so many people dismiss it out of hand saying Watkins and Ings can't play together. We need to drop one of them. That's just, you know, we just have to have can't an extra fielder. But let's face it, we haven't really seen them play together. So how, how can we know? Because... Ings has primarily played in the last few seasons, like you say, in a in a sort of a four four two formation, and not really a four four two formation, more like a four four one one formation in uh, Southampton, or even sometimes a four sort of a two three one formation where he's played from the left sometimes as well. And Che Adams has been his main strike partner, who's like a worse version of Ollie Watkins, I would say, in terms of attributes. And yeah, that's fair. And, I, th- I think B-Tech Ollie Watkins. Yeah, B-Tech. Well, yeah. yeah. Well, maybe some fans are watching. I doubt it. But um, I yeah, I, I think that's fair. But you know, he's he. You know, Ollie Watkins is is a top class player, and he had so much to our team. Um, and you, you can see on Saturday the result against Watford how much we rely on him. But I do think, you know, we, they've had forty five minutes together against uh, some random Italian team that name I can't even remember. Where it was like a you know it was Salin- a just Salinatara Salentina whatever yeah. We go with this. Why are we going to try and pronounce it? But, you know, they, they played 45 minutes together. It was, you know, it wasn't really an intense match. And they'd linked up fairly well together. It wasn't, you know, perfect. But, you know, they were, they were doing some good one-twos and stuff like that. But that was it. That's all they've had. They need a bit of time together to play. And I think when you see that sort of 4-4-1-1 formation with Ings dropping deep and being that link-up player, which is which is his skill set, that's what he's good at. He's, a, he's a, like a total footballer. He's a very good footballer. He likes to drop deep. He likes to pick up the scraps. He likes to come in off the left and shoot um, and he likes to play in off a, a striker and the wingers and and then you'll see I think you'll see a different team especially with Bailey and Buendia on the left and right you know Bailey and Buendia both are excellent pressers Watkins we know is the best presser in the league in terms of a, a forward player Ings himself is excellent on that side of things and I think you'll see less pressure on the midfield you know because they'll be able to win yeah. the ball high high back up, up. And, and and if they don't win the ball high up the pitch, then it will allow the midfield to get themselves organised and the defence to get themselves organised, rather than what you saw on Saturday, which was, you know, the front four players not really committing to that press, which meant that, they, you know, they were high up the pitch and the defence didn't really settle in terms of uh, positioning. Uh, that's where you saw sort of target end up in sort of like a midfield position trying to win a ball in the air, you know, and that's that kind of thing. Having Watkins there does alleviate it. I suppose it does bring the, the issue there, you know, I'm, and I'm sure... Some viewers and Villa fans are thinking, you know, do we rely too much on Watkins? You rely so much on Grealish. Do we rely too much to Watkins to play these sort of aimless balls down the channel and try and get him to win these balls and then try and play from height of the pitch? And, you know, at some point, if we're going to progress, you know, Dean Smith needs to impose his style on Villa because, you know, when you have someone like Jack Grealish in the team, who's obviously a world-class player, you know, why why wouldn't you utilise that? Why wouldn't you play everything through him? Because he's he's, he's obviously levels above anyone else. But now we don't have him. We've got a more rounded team. We need to find a more rounded way of playing. So it can't just be Tyrone Mings 
uh, launch into Ollie Watkins and Ollie Watkins doing, you know, his miracle work that he does, which is sort of bring it down from nowhere, fend off two players and then knock it off. And then we build from there. That will work in some games, but not all the games. Games like Newcastle and Watford, we do need to start imposing ourselves in our game. We do need to start people like Buendia and Bailey need to link up play. And I think that, you know, that's why we bought them. They are these excellent, you know, the, two of the things that they do well is retain possession. And we've seen that, you know, I think Greg wrote about it in the, in the athletic in terms of they're looking for wingers who can keep hold of the ball and too many, too many uh, plays break down, broke down in the final third last season. They weren't happy about it. And that's why they brought these, these guys in, but we need to see that coming into play at some stage and it will take a few games, I'm sure. But if it doesn't happen, you know, sort of, November, December time, and we're still struggling. Then you know I, I can see a bit of pressure on Dean to you know start getting results. Definitely. I mean, the formation. I don't even think it's a discussion. I, I simply think we have to play four footer. I don't see it as being that different to what we were doing last season, to be honest. Either because when Barkley was playing at the start of the season, when we were doing well, I hasten to add, yeah, he was basically a second striker. So yeah. we we did it. And and it worked last season. Yes, Jack Grady was playing left hand side. So, you know, Leon Bailey's going to going to be there now. He's he's essentially to me going to be our go to guy on the ball. From what I saw on Saturday in his brief cameo, he's mm. going to be the go to guy. But I simply think you have to play four footer because you don't spend thirty million on Danny Ings and move him out wide and not or not play him. You know, he's in the team every week. Mm. Watkins has had a great season last year. Again, Dean Smith said he isn't going to play wide. So he's having to play up front. So that tells you straight away we've got to play two up front. Mm. And then you've got Leon Bailey and Brendaire again, who've cost big money. Brendaire's the record sign, isn't he? And Bailey not that far off. You know, again, they've got to play. So four four two is the only formation that Aston Villa can play. In my yeah. opinion, yeah, none I mean, the others, none of the others work. When everyone's no, fit, none of the other no. formations fit those four players in. So you will be playing four four two. Yeah, no, I think I, I mean I think that's that's the plan. You know, the play the uh, Dino talked about sort of a short striker role, which is what Ings has basically done. Uh, a sort of phrase I haven't really heard before, but it basically means that link up player. And the only other formation I can see working is maybe three five two with Transebi coming in. Uh, but then again, you lose those wingers because you play. You're probably going to yeah, play Target right. and Cash, yeah, and Bailey and Radier. But you know, it's a squad game at the end of the day. We've we've finally got that squad depth that we wanted. So. You know, if, if players aren't performing, then, you know, you've got the likes of Traore, you've got Ramsey, you've got, well, Wesley, if he's still here, uh, Algarzi. You know, you've got these players there, Sanson, which we haven't really talked about. I would like to make a point about him in a second. Mm-hmm. You know, we've got all these players there in the background and hopefully they're, they're raising their game because there's a bit of competition and it shouldn't be a case of the same 11 players play, but... You know, definitely those front four. I think, you know, we've bought, they've, you know, it isn't a panic buy. Danny Ings isn't a panic buy. You know, they, no, he's they, been identified. Yeah, Dino said, you know, they knew early on that Jack was going. You know, all this talk about Jack uh, thinking about whether he should stay in is nonsense for me. He decided back in April, May time before the Euros that he wanted to go and we had to wait to the Euros and him to come back on holiday to get it done. And and they they wanted to wait to get these deals over the line. And Danny Ings was, had been identified in time. You know, you don't... Our team, Rob McKenzie and Johan Lang, don't do things half measures. You know, they 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 plan everything. They look at attributes, look at the stats. They, they'll, they'll have a number of different players for each position that they're targeting, and it may not always be the top target, but there will be a plan in place. Um, so I, I don't believe that. So I think I think there's been some thought behind it in terms of formation we'll play, and we'll, maybe we'll play four three three sometimes as well. Yeah, the uh, odd game. But I'm odd saying game. in general. And, 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 in that. general, yeah. But Bundia can play as a ten. Who can play as an eight as well? 
Uh, let's not forget that. But I think generally those are the players that will play. I suppose the point for discussion is the midfield. I think that's the the bone of contention for everyone. And, and I'm not saying the midfield two will definitely work every game. Some games it will work, but there definitely needs to be an improvement there. I think more so for games like Newcastle and Watford and, and those kinds of games where we need to impose ourselves. I think we need a different type of player. Um, and I guess we'll see that. Um, I mean, Morgan Sanson, we've we've talked about off fair, haven't we? If you know, I saw a few people say, you know, if we'd sign him this summer, like we were planning to, yeah, we were planning true. to buy him this summer rather than January, but we saw an opportunity to buy him, then you know, I don't think we'd see the half there for all we've seen in terms of you know buying a midfielder because people think, oh, maybe he's the answer. Is he the it's answer? Almost been ran off a little bit. He it? has, he has, he has, and it's not it's not fair, really. I don't think because he's coming in January, he's coming to a struggling team without Jack playing, where you know we weren't getting results. It's a, it's you know he's played 290 minutes or something like that. It's it's not enough to judge a player. He's been injured. Will he when he will be back? I've no idea. He is more of a number eight to be fair, but uh, I don't know. You know, I see a lot of people talking about. I mean, what are your thoughts? Everyone, everyone seems to want this big six foot one plus tall physical midfielder, and Dino's never really played with that type of midfielder, no. and yet we're we're being linked with people like James Ward Prowse and Harry Winks. So that makes me think, actually, that's Those not big six foot four midfielders. Yeah, exactly. Harry so Winch maybe that's Wolf. not. I don't. I don't really see us. You know, we've been linked with Decoré and people. Saar, and Saar's not really, you know, that kind of big physical presence. He's more again, uh, more of a not a box to box player, but you know, still very forward thinking. So it makes me think that actually maybe we want someone for these games against like Watford and Newcastle. We want someone to be able to impose themselves, dictate the tempo, have a bit of energy to get about the pitch, but, but you know, play that Louise role, basically that hybrid of Louise and a Camber role where they can sort of intercept passes. They can do the defensive work, but then they can do those progressive passes and set the tempo of the, of the team and, and sort of break from midfield, which I, I think at the moment, that's probably an area we're struggling with. Yeah. I mean, if it, the thing is, if we had the Louise from the back end of the 1920 start of 2021 season, I wouldn't be saying we particularly need a midfielder. I think his drop in form towards the end of the season was quite alarming. You know, I actually think if he'd have been playing against Watford, it would have been a bit better. And yeah. then for that game, it's not a game you want, Nakamba. That's a game you you want Louise in there because he, mm. you know, he knows how to pass a football. So that would have been an, an, an upgrade on most of what I saw on Saturday. Although I did have my beer goggles on, but for the bigger games, you know, we've seen Nakamba come in and isn't a bad thing. That no. it works. I think having a cross between those two players would be helpful. And I do, in general, think that we're quite a small side. If you look at us compared to other Premier League teams, there's not much physical presence in there. There's not much height, which I think sometimes can be a problem, as we've seen when we go away to places like Burnley, Crystal Palace last season. We get turned over when we shouldn't do. And I think that comes down to physicality, in my opinion. But then we also know that it's James Ward-Prowse that they want because we've been after him all summer. But even yeah. if he comes, if, when he when he comes in, you know, or if if he, I don't like, I've said when, which is completely stupid of me because now people will be saying, oh, he said he's coming. <laughs> Not what I'm saying at all. We definitely want him. We've been after him all summer. Southampton want fifty million for him. I guess if they're offer somewhere near that, that they might get him. But I can't see us going to that price because it it is an awful lot of money. I think no. for, for James Ward Price. But you know, we've identified him as the player, mm. and we're already talking about players that aren't going to be in the team. And I get that you that you need a squad. It's difficult to see where. He fits in in some respects as well. Yeah, it's true. I mean, it's a fair point. You know, we've got Ramsey, we've got McGinn, we've got Nakamba, we've got Louise, we've got Sanson. There's five five midfielders there. You've got Chip Wemeka as well, who's obviously more of a maybe an eight or a ten type of player. But it's you know another thing. You know, we want to give these youth players a chance to progress and do well and get opportunities. Bringing another player will obviously stifle that as well. So Ramsey, you know, obviously changed almost changed the game really on Saturday in terms of 
his presence and and he's bulked up as well. He's he's a very physical player. You know, he, he, he I don't looks, mind Ramza. Yeah, he looks really and obviously there's you know, he's a young player, there's there's work to be done, you know, end product is a, is an issue, but I'm sure that will come. But you know, do we do we stifle that progression as well? Do we send them out on loan? Do we want them to be playing first team football? You know, there's all these types of conversations that I'm sure the recruitment team will be having because you know, spending fifty million on James Wolf Prowse is a lot of money. It's not something I would do personally. You know, I think 35 million is probably the maximum I'd go at. But then that's me trying to think logically. You know, I think, you know, if we win, if we lose a few games, will we just go for it? I don't know. I don't think, I don't know if they think like that. But we've got to be careful. There's there's value to be had there. It's definitely a buyer's market because clubs are looking for money to come in. But I don't, I don't want us spending 50 million on James Will Prowse, I'll be honest. Because, you know, as much as I love James Will Prowse uh, and I think he's, he's a perfect player, you know, the way, the way we operate, you know, we look at, Apart from Danny Ings, Danny Ings is the exception where we've looked for someone who can make an immediate impact because obviously Jack's gone. We need someone who's... That was who's... T- Tom Heaton, wasn't it, that one? Yeah, exactly. It's like, you know, Premier League ready who can make an immediate impact who's playing at the top of their game already. Every other player we sign is signed with a view of, you know, their growth in terms of a, as a player, but also their growth in terms of value to to the team and to the squad. So if we're, if we're buying James Ward Price for 50 million... How, how much higher can he go, really? I, I'm not really sure because we know what James Ward-Prowse is all about. He's, what, 26 years old, uh, I think, from memory. You know, he's not really going to go that much further than mm. £50 million. So if we sign him, that's £50 million that we're spending. And, you know, we're, we're banking that. We, 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 that's what, we're not going to get much of that back, I don't think, in four or five years' time when he's 29 years old if we decide to sell him. You know, you probably get half of that if, if you're lucky if he has a good few years. So that's why I'm not 100 percent sure. We, you know, we, we probably would. It's probably our, one of our first choice targets. But I don't. Right, I can't. We've definitely been after him all summer. Definitely. Yeah, but I just can't, I just can't see us spending someone like that 50 million. And I don't want us to, to be honest, because you know people say, oh, it's not our money. Why do you care? Well, that's the that's the attitude I had under Randy Lerner, and we saw what happened. We've we, we want to build. They, these owners want to build a sustainable football club. You know, they want to mm. be able to progress, build our revenue base. And, you know, we've got the jack money in, but in, with the way financial fair play works, we've got three years to spend that. But if we spend all that money in three years, then our revenues gr- don't grow, then we're screwed in three years' time because then our wage to turnover ratio is going to be massive. Our revenues aren't going to match up to how much we're spending. And then we're going to be screwed again with losses. And we're going to be in the same cycle again. You know, in, t- in three years' time, we're going to be, you know, then they're going to have to cut back spending and it's going to be Randy learning all over again. And and I don't think these, these owners will want to do that. That's why they've got these. There's no, there's a reason why we've got Langer and McKenzie in. This is what they do. They, they, yeah, they, they're they, special they, to. They, they buy players, they build value in these players through getting the right coaching team in place and, and progressing their careers. And then they look to sell academy prospects or players and, and, gener- and re and then sort of reinvest that money on a bit like the Leicester model, really, you know, buy players who yeah. have similar, similar attributes for, half the money or a quarter of the money and then build again and then you continue to build like that and continue to get better like that um whether it works or not i guess we'll see so that's why i i, I just can't see us spending 50 million on james will prowse it just doesn't make any sense to me i mean i'll just act if anyone saw fear on my face and i accidentally knocked my phone whilst you were talking and my bank app came up and it's a good job i'm not in charge of transfers because i was absolutely appalled by the balance <laughs> i just saw in, in my bank account you make a fortune off the villa view don't you mate apparently oh absolutely absolutely flying carving it up i am on, 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 on the jollies on the jollies with the villa view bank card um what i would say is yeah i get the 50 million thing if villa are going to spend 50 million pounds on someone it's going to sound wrong the way I'm wording it, but I know what I mean, and I'm hoping you do too. It's going to be on someone like Leon Bailey, 
there is someone I would say technically should be a little bit out of our reach at the moment. You know, that's a statement, Sony. If we're going to sign a central midfielder for £50 million, pounds, it's going to be someone of that ilk rather than James Ward-Prowse, in my opinion. I agree. Did you I, see what I mean? I completely agree. completely agree. I'm not, I'm not saying we won't. I'm not saying we... Wow, how have they got him? Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not saying we won't ever spend £50 million, pounds, but it's got to be the right player. It's got to be... You're, you're completely right. It's got to be that player who's going to take us to the next level. And James Ward-Prowse, as much as we, we do need that kind of player, you know, the, if the difference is between us getting 8th or 7th, or 10th or 7th or 10th or 8th, then I don't think £50 million pounds worth it. I, don't, I generally don't. Um, I think there's probably better value out there in Europe, um, and, and that's probably what they're looking at. Southampton, obviously, you know, Southampton said, oh, you know, he's not, he's not for sale, and they said they want £50 million. So obviously he is for sale, and mm. the, the owners want money. I think later, you know, let's see what happens later on in the market. I think, um, you know, I can't imagine James Ward-Prowse is that happy about being you know their best players being sold again and not being the money not being reinvested um he's obviously mates with matt target as well which which helps villa yeah so you know let's see what happens later on in the window when when southampton owners are maybe a little bit desperate for money uh, then again you know are they are they you know if they're are they signing their own death warrant almost by um selling him because then it's almost like guaranteeing relegation for him so it's a difficult one. It's a difficult one. I, 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 just, it's, I just, I mean, I said, I said it for a few weeks now. I just can't see that transfer happening because Southampton already sold players to get revenue in. Why would they then sell James Ward-Prowse? They don't really need to sell him. And if they do sell him, they're going to sell him for big money. And who's going to pay that? I just can't see yeah. anyone paying that. No. Southampton's got the vibe of the side that when we went down, when we lost the core of our side, that they've really got that vibe to me. Southampton, if they lose, lose Ward-Prowse, I think that, that does seal their death warrant. Like, like you've said, I'm just trying to think of, I'm trying to explain a bit more what I meant before. Let's, let's say Chelsea signed someone and they suddenly made Kovacic available. And we got Kovacic. I think people will be looking at that and thinking, wow, that's that's big. How Villa managed to attract him? It's going to take something like that for us to spend 50 million, I think. I'll, I'll, I'll be honest, I'd rather spend 50 million on Basuma. I'll be honest. Yeah, I'll... but again, I don't think that would be one where you go, whoa, I wouldn't have expected Villa to, to be able to get him. I don't think people would be surprised by that. I think he's going to be I someone. Would, I would be, I'll where... be honest. I think he, he's, he's destined for top. Four or five team. Maybe I'm. Maybe I've got it wrong. But I've not seen enough. Seen enough of him. But I still like you know Brighton to Villa, Southampton to Villa. Now I don't think people would be like, oh, I'm surprised they've they've made that move. I think it would take someone who would be a big surprise. Yeah. For us yeah. to spend that fifty million. In yeah. my opinion, I don't, just my opinion. I could be no, absolutely right. I, I think you're right. I think you're right. You know, we we've been linked with players like Hermoso from Atletico Madrid, and I, I reckon that is the next stage we're looking at. You know, these players who are playing for Champions League yeah. sides. Who you know, someone like Arsenal would get, you know, with Thomas Partey last season, or, or yeah. you know, Pe- Pepe. To less, obviously, they, they wasted money on Pepe. He's still a good player, but seventy million is obviously twice as too much as they pay for him. But you know, these types of players who are like playing for players, you know, teams like Lille, Atletico Madrid. You know, these types of players who are the next, or you know, the, the teams like Liverpool, Man United, or those types of players would maybe buy in a few years' time. They're the types of players I think we're going to look yes. at next. Um, exactly. and, and that's the kind of player I want because that from now on we've got that squad now the only way we add to that squad is, is buying those players who are like Leon Bailey basically as you said you know that kind of level where you say oh he's going he's going to Villa that's a surprise I thought we'd be going to yeah, Villa yeah the general night. football public would have been shot by Bailey going to Villa yeah, yeah 100% 100% I'll, I'll admit when, it, when I first heard of it I was thinking mm, that sounds a little bit too good to be true to be honest but obviously it went through that's what we need because we've got such financial power now Compared mm. to teams in other countries, you know, you've got to be taking advantage of that. 
So for me, if something exceptional came up in my third, you, you would spend 50 million. If someone yeah. pops, pops, just popped into my head, he's, he's, just, he's out for six weeks, I think, at the, at the moment. But, you know, if we could go to go to get Renato Sanchez, for example, mm. you know, he's a, be a massive upgrade. Perfect, yeah. Perfect, perfect type of player, spend, yeah. Spend 50 million on him, and I think people think, wow, that, that, is, a, that is a big sign in Villa, Villa main business. That's what I want to say. Don't get me wrong. If we sign James Ward-Prowse, I'll be pleased because the more good footballers you get in the building, the, the better. But, mm. you know, going and spending 50 million on Renato Sanchez, he probably wouldn't even take 15 minutes, to be honest. That's the kind of thing I'd like to see us do. Like we did with Sansan a little bit. You take advantage of the fact that those teams in those countries, they haven't got the financial muscle that we've got and their leagues haven't got the muscle that the, pre- the Premier League's got. People want to play in the Premier League. We've now got the leeway to go and do things like that. And we're building in the right way that players want to join us. Signings we make now, I, I want to see them be that stature, to be honest. Yeah, I agree. Completely agree. And, and you know, we... Uh... We're going about this the wrong, or the, sorry, the completely the right way in terms of what we're doing. I think, you know, the, the numerous times we've heard come out of the club, if there's a deal to be done and it's good value, we'll do it. And I think that's exactly that's exactly the right way to approach it. You don't want to panic yourself into buying players because you end up in a situation where you you have players. You know what we did under Tony Gerrard with buying Codger, McCormack, Hogan. You know these just stockpiling strikers. You know you're just sort of trying to fix the problem, the fight fires, and, and it's just not the right way to go about it. You need to be a bit more strategic about it. And, you know, I, I think the owners, we've seen, you know, the owners keep saying, you know, they've got a plan in mind. And Dean Smith said we're 18 months behind where, where Jack wanted to be as an example. And I think that just means Europe. Where they, I don't think it means Champions League. I don't think they want us to be Champions League in, in 18 months. But wouldn't mind, wouldn't I wouldn't mind, no, of course, yeah, I'll take it right now. Of course I would, but um, I think the owners have in mind that next season is when they definitely want to be in Europe. They want to get into Europe. Yeah. Um, and, and and that's the way they think. You know, you, you see what they, they've done, what Wes Edens has done at Milwaukee Bucks. You know, they, there's, a, there's, a, there's a... It's not always going to be perfect. You know, no plan is perfect. Uh, you, can't, you can't always get everything right in the plan. There will be deviations from the plan. Um, but there's got to be a general framework that you're working towards. And I think that's what we're, that's what we're doing. Yeah. I mean, I think you, you look at my new, for an example, I know they've obviously they've won the first game. Maybe I'm getting a bit giddy with, with the first game, but people have questioned what they were doing. Have they built a bit slowly, but you know, long-term what they've been doing, it might actually work. Mm. They look at that. They look like they're, they're doing all the right things now. And they've, they perhaps will be challenges this year. You know, they, it takes time and we, don't get me wrong. We fell far. Yeah, man, you were falling far from from where they were really, and they're working their way back up. But Aston Villa fell low, loads of echelons where where, where they should be. So, yeah, so yeah. it's a it's a long way back. Things have changed a little bit. Losing Grealish, I'm sure, wasn't really in in the plan. So there's there's things they've got to do now to, to maybe try and get back to the to the level that they thought they were going to be at the start at the start of this season. Maybe we're not quite there at the moment. Who knows? But I do think we'll get one more in. I'd be very, very surprised if we got to the end of the window and there wasn't one more one more yeah. player through the door. And I'd be shocked if it wasn't a midfielder, to be honest, because to me, that's the only place we really need to strengthen squad-wise. Yeah, I'll, I'll be disappointed, I'll be honest, if we don't get midfielder. All this, you know, I'm, and I'm talking about giving the youngsters a chance. And I do think that. And if we don't get one in, you know, so be it. Uh, but there was value and we go on with what we've got. And it's not ideal, but you know, there's enough there in the team to... You know, you want to give Chukwemeka and Ramsey and players like that a, a chance, but it will be like an, be an yeah, 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 they will get a chance again. Then, but it'll be it'll be an eight out of ten window for me. You know, it's a bit like we've we've had numerous eight out of ten windows where we've needed an extra striker or an attacking midfield or whatever, and it'll be similar to that where we've managed to fix a lot of the problems, but not quite all the problems. And and it's very difficult to get a ten out of ten window. I think in the Premier League, it's very difficult because. 
you know, the players got to be available. The club's got to be willing to sell. The players got to be willing to go. There's a lot of factors involved in a transfer. Um, for it to all fit together, you know, it can be difficult. Um, but I, I imagine we'll see uh, something happen late on. Uh, it's it's a bit too quiet. Obviously, we saw so much happening in, in that one week where we did the transfer part a couple of weeks ago, and I think everyone everyone got it's sort of heightened expectations a little bit that there was going to be loads of activity and then Twanze be coming a week later and nothing's really happened since then. So I understand a bit of frustration, but, you know, we've just got to be patient and wait for the right moment to strike. Um, I'm sure there's targets in mind. Um, and, and I guess we'll see, you know, there's there's still January window. We've we managed to do a bit of business in January last time. So who knows what will happen? Yeah, there is AFCON and, and stuff like that as well in, in the yeah, horizon. I've well. completely forgotten about that until the other day. Yeah, so it, that will be an issue for us as well. Although I did see uh, some random Twitter account talking about how Wesley and Louise are going to be missing for AFCON, but I don't think the person understood geography. I was going to say that, that doesn't fit in with my geography knowledge. I'm not going to claim to be an expert, but that doesn't no, fit but in I mean, with those yeah, schools. Traore, Nakamba, obviously two players that come straight to mind. Trezgay's injured, so it doesn't really yeah. matter. So, you know, there, there is going to be issues there potentially um, that that we'll need to address. So I guess we'll, I guess we'll see. You know, I'm not going to I'm not going to lose my mind right now um, no, no, until the window we, until the until the windows close. You know, that's it's not like we've done no business. No, you know. No. We're, we're, remember Wendell O'Neill where we went into a season and we only had two centre-backs and one of those was Curtis Davis, his shoulder was falling off. Yeah. You know, we've or, been in worse or, positions going into the window. Dunn and Collins in the last couple of days, didn't we? Yeah, exactly. You know, we've been in, we've been in worse even, positions. Even last season, you know, um, you know, people are... I saw this report, you know, the tweet that came out. I think someone spoke to Ashley Paris from Birmingham Mail and said, Dean, and they said they were quite happy with what they've got. But then they said that last season... I mean, everyone wanted to attack him in It's just the company line. Exactly. Just... And then and the next next day we bought, we got Ross Barkley in. So, yeah. you know, in uh, January has got Morgan Sanson. They said, oh, we're not going to be doing any business in January. And then they've got Morgan Sanson in. So, you know, the, the, they'll strike if the deal's there, if something happens. You know, these agents will be talking to everyone. They'll be trying to get their players. Exactly. Yeah. So they'll be, you know, they'll contact Villa and be like, oh, this player's available. Suddenly this, something's happened. And there's plenty of clubs out there that need money as well. So I think just just be patient and see what happens before, before losing your... Know, you, you know, your mind about transfers. Yeah, we all know James Ward-Prowse's agent is as well. He's not adverse to getting a deal done, as, as we found out this summer. So, yeah, you, you never know. You never know. Let's let's move away from transfers. Let's let's get our minds back and, and, and look at Newcastle then. Yeah. How good is it going to be to be in a full Villa Park, Omar? I cannot wait. Honestly, I'm I'm absolutely buzzing like i haven't been to villa park since oh, i can't remember because i didn't manage to go to the tottenham game which was obviously the last time most people were at villa park yeah, that's I, gen- right. generally can't remember it might be the watford game was the cup game the leicester semi after the leicester Spurs. semi yeah leicester semi was before i think it was I after can't i can't remember now you know i can't remember well it was before before us losing to them in the league anyway um but it's been so it's been so long i didn't get to the go to the Chelsea game unfortunately um, and you know, I'm just I'm so excited. You know, go walking up the whole steps, that feeling with all the fans there, just the, the buzz of being at a home game. It's just you know something we've all missed, something we're all buzzing to, yeah. to go to. And and we saw the weekend how much home crowds helped. You know, set, I think seven exactly. out of nine teams won, won at home. So yeah, I'm buzzing. Even you know, even turning 36 on Friday isn't going to dampen my uh, my spirits. So I'm I'm buzzing, mate. I cannot wait. Just just beating me to the to the old 36. I've been doing a podcast with someone who's older than me, actually. Thanks, it doesn't happen very often nowadays. Thanks, I think we're too old for this game. Well, I yeah, anyway. It's a, young, it's a young man's game now. It's yeah. definitely a young man's game. Yeah, it's going to be unbelievable to be back. It's going to be back two weeks running as well, I quite like. 
you know, because yeah. I went to the I went to the Chelsea game. Obviously, I was very fortunate to be there, and then I got I was lucky enough to go to the Youth Cup final the day, the day the two was it the day after I think it was the day after wasn't it yeah. as well. So very 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 fortunate human being to, to be at both those events, but it wasn't the same, and it, it just it gave you a taste of it. And then it was like yeah, you're not coming again for three three months. Yeah, so yeah, it's gonna it's, yeah. it's gonna be great to go to two weeks running two home games, two full houses yeah. at Villa Park. And I gotta give I gotta give credit to the away faithful at the weekend because even when we were three 0 down, I didn't see hear any negativity. The crowd didn't turn at all. I really liked that because that's something that's happened quite a lot in the past. I think everyone was just so grateful to to be back. So I hope that's something that we can can utilise move, moving forward. Maybe even the man that sits in front of me is cheered up a little bit because I tell you what, he's been a grumpy so and so through the years. So maybe where do you, even he where'd you sit it. again? I don't, I don't want to say it now in case you the man the bloke watching the show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, K4, K4, K5, K5, K4, 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 I might see you there. Yeah, oh, you're, uh, def- you're definitely seeing me. You're definitely seeing me. That's going to be great. Get to, I haven't been to, I, my dad couldn't go to the last the last game of the Youth Cup final, so being back with my dad, watching him struggle at the whole end steps again, that's going to be a, going to be a treat for me. But yeah, it's going to be good, good to be back. Got a mate coming with his kid, bringing his kid to his first game as well, sitting next to me because the Lee who sits next to me was lucky enough. I'm lucky enough that he gave, gave his season tickets to me. So, yeah, I've got one of my mates coming with his kid for the first time. So, that's going to be a good experience. What's your, what's your pre-match ritual then yeah, when you go to a home I'm game? really boring, mate. I'm absolutely no fun on a home game. I don't know why I am a right laugh on a home game. Really boring. It's not what Get there early because my dad gets paranoid about parking. All right. Slowly, slowly walk to the seat. Be in the ground ridiculously early. Maybe mingle on the concourse for a bit. Sit at the sit at the ground. Take, take photos yeah. of your fans, that kind of thing. Yeah, go over. Oh, Find no, no. autographs. Okay. No, 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 no autographs on the match day. <laughs> yeah, I'll quite see. I'll quite simple for the home games. Away games, I go nuts, to, which was to my detriment on Saturday. Home games, I'm quite, you know, I keep it chilled, keep it calm. Yeah, I'm the same. I like to get in and watch the warm up. Uh, I like to get my chips yeah, and curry sauce in. With my dad, I don't think I've ever missed a warm up. I have absolutely no chance. I haven't even missed a goalkeeper's warm-up. I don't think we get there so bloody early. Really? really? Parking's a nightmare, though, isn't it? I'm, I'm coming out of the train. worse as well, I think, this time. Really? Yeah. I, saw, I saw Matt Kendrick uh, ask, looking for parking tips earlier on today. And, uh, yeah, I saw Just seems apparently it's a bit of a nightmare these days. But, yeah. But, I mean, that's all part of it, isn't it? It's all part. Who cares? That rush to the ground, walking in, the smell of the food. Mm. You know, it just brings back memories for me going with my dad and things like that. You know, it's just, yeah, yeah kind, of, kind of wait. It's just that feeling when you get, when you, when you walk out, into the into the stand up a hole and you see the pitch sub buzz yeah but buzzing and hopefully we uh we see a win on saturday yeah we will so yeah we will absolutely absolutely we will although i will say after sars murdering of matt target i hope he's a little bit more fit this week if he is playing because that maximum won't be either no no would you i mean would you would you how how would you look to change the, the team would you change it at all would you bring would you bring ashley young on the on the left Bailey's playing, I think. You reckon? You, yeah, I think you've got to. What about Watkins? Do you reckon he'll be fit? Yeah, I'm going to say. I don't know anything, but I'm going to say. I've heard, mur- I've heard murmurs that, that he's fit. I knew Buendia was fit last week, so that was a positive for me going in. But Watkins will be there. If he, obviously, if he's fit, what Watkins plays, it'll probably be the team that we've just we've just spoke about. Louise is probably match fit, thinking about it. He will be, I think. He will be. He, he probably he against might... Newcastle. You play Louise, I would say. I, I would, I would, I would play Louise and, and McGinn. I think that's the two I'd play. I think um, Nakamba is great for games like Chelsea and Spurs. Um, you want to but, dominate? Yeah, I mean, and I think you know Newcastle. I think we saw it against uh, West Ham, and we've seen it numerous times. You know, they play Bruce Ball. You know, they play, they sort of play this five-three-two formation where 
they they really try and stay compact and they try and break. You know, where they normally have some Maxim and Wilson try and try and get in behind the. They look decent at times, I thought, to be honest. Yeah, they, I mean, they have, they've got a lot of pace. You know, they've got Almiron, they've got Wilson, they've got some Maxim, they've got Hayden breaking from midfield, and then Shelby obviously playing those deep long balls through. You um, can get yeah, they they can be they can, yeah, and they can be they can be problematic. But I think we've got to be a bit careful on the counter. But yeah, you know, they're, they're going to sit. We're going to have all the ball. That's why I think Luis should play. And the key will be, you know, not don't give Shelby any time and just try and get at him because he's terrible defensively. And then as much as we can, you know, their fullbacks they've got. I think they'll probably play Richie and. Uh, Christ, what's the other? No, no it's it's Jacob Murphy Jacob, on the wing. Yeah, Jacob week, Murphy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so they've got basically wingers as, as fullbacks really. And mm. they will try and put when they have when they do break, they'll try and push high. And the key will be then if I'm hoping only Watkins plays is try and expose that space behind um, because you've got Bailey and the likes of Watkins hopefully playing. You know, they've got pace. You've got Clark and uh, on the, on the left hand side. And I think that's played in the middle, didn't it? Yeah. And you, de- you definitely I mean, they had that, they had that defense in the championship when we were dicking around with Di Matteo and Bruce in the yeah, first season. Yeah. Those two were you, can, you can definitely get them. And, and if you turn Shelby, then. He's terrible defensively. You, you know, we should be beating Newcastle. There's no, you know, they make no bones about it. They're they're a bad team managed by an awful manager. Um, we should be beating them. Um, they will be dangerous. We'll say we should be beating what, but the... yeah, but no, but I, I don't, no, I don't know. I don't know if I agree with that because we should on a normal given day. But there's, there were so many factors against us that game. Yeah, we, did, we had so many players missing uh, and players on the bench who weren't fit. It was a first home game back for a newly promoted side. All the fans in the stadium. We've had a terrible preseason. You know, it just was one of those games where it wasn't going to be perfect, and and we saw what happened. I think now with our fans back in the stadium with an extra game in them, uh, obviously there was a preseason friend, there was a preseason friendly, a, a friendly behind closed doors as well. Which yeah, Steve Deakins asked about that. Asked, asked for our thoughts yeah. on it. Yeah, I, I, don't I, see, I, I know Troy always got injured, but I don't say it's been a bad thing because people need fitness. But well, you, look, you know, look, the only way to get fit is by playing. Yeah, I think Man United played one the other day as well. You've, we, we've missed so many preseason games because of COVID. They've got to play these games. They've got to get these players match fit. And how else are you going to do that? By otherwise, you know, they'll, they can get Troy could get injured in training. You know, you just don't know. It's one of those things. And whether he's injured or not, we don't know. There's been a confirmation of it. But you know, you know, but these players need match sharpness. They need game time. And you need, to, you need. You know, it makes complete sense to have a friendly. And it, it was a week before the the game. You know, end of the day. You know, so. They've hardly had any game time. It completely made sense to me. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. It's just unfortunate that he got, or if he did get injured potentially, then you know he's out for a few weeks. But I don't think he would have started anyway, Troy. He obviously was excellent in his cameo off the bench, but I don't think he would have started anyway. So it's not. I don't think it'll be the greatest loss. Another Bailey on the hour or seventy minutes. Yeah, off. exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's not. It's not ideal, obviously. But if he's out for three, four weeks, then you know he'll be back soon enough. Do you think Young will play left back? I personally would stick with Target. Um, I, I would, I could see Young playing because Target obviously. It depends. I think what the, I think this week's training will, will tell a lot. If if Target again looks, isn't isn't look sharp, doesn't look match fit, then they'll probably stick with Young. And I thought actually Young did really well against Saar, but then I think he was helped by Ramsey there as well. Yeah, he had a bit of support. Whereas whereas Target was isolated to some extent, and you know he's not the quickest fullback. But let's not forget, my Target was play was player player of the season last year, yeah, so he's he, not he's not a bad player. He just didn't look. He didn't he didn't look. He didn't look right, yeah. both physically and on the pitch. Like he just didn't look at his optimum fitness to me. You know, he looked really fit last season. I was like, wow, he's done some, done some work in the gym. He didn't look right yeah. on Saturday to me. But an extra week, a week between the games is a good thing. You know, last season it was 
where you've got a game, you had a game, a lot of midweek games and not much time to, to recover from games and things like that. You know, having a full week, another week of training, I think that would be that would be really good for them. So hopefully we'll see a bit of a change on Saturday. Yeah, it'll be t- I mean, it'll be, don't get me wrong, there's no easy game in the Premier League. It'll be a tough game. You know, Newcastle, they've got some really dangerous players and Wilson and Maxim and Almiron and players like that. But we should be beating them. That's that's, that's it's obvious to say, I think. Um, and, and we'll have to be careful. Uh, you know, um, so Maxim, you saw what he did against West Ham. He will drop deep. He'll, he'll pick those pockets up and then he'll likes to pick, you know, sort of pick up space in, in sort of deep areas and turn and then run out players. And he's such a good dribbler. so hard to get the ball off him. You know, the midfield have got to be alert. Um, but I suppose the key for us will be trying to keep hold of the ball and make things happen. And, you know, it may be that they score two, we score four type of game. Uh, I guess we'll see. Oh, West Ham. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, they, you know, they, what they'll try and do is in what we saw against West Ham, you know, they'll try and get it out wide, get the fullbacks high up and try and get crosses in and get man, man, you know bodies in the box. That's what Bruce does. He's always does. That's what he's done for, for Newcastle as well. And that's what that's what they try and do and try and get people like Hayden in the box uh, and, you know, try and get the other fullback in the box. And, and you know, that's what we've got to be careful at. And that's, and that's what we've been good at. You know, Mings and Konza have been excellent at, at defending balls into the box. That's what they did so well so often last season. So, as long as our players are at it, then I, I hopefully don't see any issues. But you know, it's all about getting that crowd yeah. behind them and and um, you know, get getting the making sure the players are all ready. And, and I think I think Watkins being there, hopefully, is fit is going to make a massive, massive difference. Crowd, crowd will be there. Be give us a chance. I reckon give us more of a chance. I think the home crowd. I think that will really work to our advantage. And so, quickly then before we shoot, give me a score prediction. I'm going to go for three-one Villa. I'm going to go 2-1. Two, 2-1 one. Two, one Villa. We might go behind, but I think we'll come back and get it on in front of the whole end. Win 2-1. That's that's what I'm saying. I'm going to say. It's going to happen, and I think that does us for this week's The Villa View, The Pod, in association with Luke Roper. If you use the code TVV20, you'll get 20% off most things on the Luke Roper website, and it really helps us as a channel as well if you use that code. So if you fancy some Luke Roper, please, please use that code, and it really, really helps us out. Thanks to Omar for chatting to me. We'll be back for a post-match pint on Sunday evening and then another post-match pint after Barrow, I suspect. So there may not be a pod next week, but we'll see what we can do. I've got pods coming out of my ears at the moment, to be perfectly honest. But yeah, always good to chat to you, Omar. Thanks for everyone for tuning in as well. Quick shout-out to Dean Averis, who's recovering from a, a little bit of a, a procedure. So yeah, long-term legacy Villa View watch. I've been watching it since Matt Lynch and myself were sat in our bedrooms doing videos. So yeah, just wanted to give Dean, Baseman Dean, a little shout out. And yeah, that does us. Thanks ever so much for watching. Up the Villa. Enjoy Saturday. Up the Villa. Sports Social Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.